Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. We continue to catch up with Chattanooga coaches and student athletes on Mox on the Mic. This week, we turn our attention to soccer and we'll visit with head coach Gavin McKinney and rising senior standout, Emily Zamanski. Mox on the Mic is available wherever you download your podcast from. Please make sure that you rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Let's get into our conversation now with Chattanooga soccer coach, Gavin McKinney. Well, coach, let's let's start. What have you been up to uh, during quarantine? Well, I think like like everybody else who has small kids, I've been enjoying a lot of time with my, my two little girls and my wife. I've got a, a six-year-old and a two-year-old, so... Being able to spend this much time with them over the last few months has been great. How much have you been able to communicate with your your team during this uh, this pandemic? Quite often, actually. So we would think that we're um, a program that runs on pretty good structure. So um, we we meet with the girls weekly. So we've we've been in touch with them a lot, which has been really nice because typically this time of year when they're done with finals and they're off campus, we wouldn't see them this much. So to be able to, to keep that face to face with them right now, I think it's so important. We've really enjoyed that. You have a roster that's comprised mostly of, of Tennessee kids. Uh, and before you were at UTC, you were at, at Cumberland and you've coached for a long time in this state. Uh, how good is girls soccer at both the youth level and the high school level now in the state of Tennessee compared to maybe when you first got into coaching? Um, you know, I think Tennessee is is one of those states that's highly competitive, you know. So um, every year you have teams that do really well at the club level, um, whether that be um, through the ECNL or the USYS, um, the different leagues that are set up throughout the country. You always have really competitive teams from this state. Um, I spent a lot of time within the Tennessee Olympic Development Program. So I got to see firsthand how the top players in this state competed against other um, states from the region in Georgia and Florida and uh, Texas. Um, some very, very good states um, in Region 3, which Tennessee is a part of. So, um, But always, always able to compete with, with the top, top states, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, we're delighted to have kids of a high quality from the state of Tennessee, that's for sure. Yeah, there's, there's two professional soccer teams now here. Of course, there's an MLS team down in Atlanta that has just exploded, averaging, you know, what is it, 70, 80,000 fans per game. Do, do you follow what's happening in the sport? And can that be a, a, a boon maybe for, for soccer at the collegiate level? Yeah, I think it just continues to grow in its popularity throughout the country. Uh, and that's and that's both on the men's and women's side, by the way. Uh, I mean, look, you've, you've got the uh, the most dominant women's nation in the world here in women's soccer, right? The U.S. women's national team. So um, I think the, the game will just continue to grow and get better and better. And now you also have an MLS team down the road in Nashville, right? So it, it seems to be spreading. Now, were you guys uh, were you guys able to get out on the new turf at uh, at Finley once it was installed? No, we've actually moved over to the UTC Sports Complex, um, which is the new facility that's built down by Erlanger, um, and we've loved it down there. 
So our attendance actually went up this year playing there as opposed to Finley. I don't know if it was the proximity to campus, um, but we got some nice crowds out there. The girls really enjoy it. They can get to and from campus really, really easily, and um, we've made that our new home. Tell us a little bit about the facilities, and, and you mentioned the new sports complex in particular. Just, just a little bit about it and, and what it means to you guys. Yeah, well, it was finished, I believe, um, last January, um, January before last, sorry. Um, and, and we instantly were intrigued by possibly getting down there and training and um, just getting a feel for what it could be like playing games there in the future. And um, we got really good feedback from the student athletes, you know, and at the end of the day, we want to give them the best experience possible. And they really felt like um, the sports complex was somewhere where they could make home, you know. So um, we, we made it happen and we got some covered benches in. We got branding for the fences. Um, we, we really did a good job with it on game day. Obviously, um, the, the sports information staff and the sports media um, set up what they needed to down there as well. And um, you got a really good feel down there for the facility on game day. So all in all, it went well. 500 record in 18, a winning record in 19. Do you feel like maybe you guys have turned the corner a little bit now with this program? Well, you know, what I, what I will say is we, we've definitely taken it in a positive direction since we've come. Um, I, I think there, there's a lot of really good teams out there, particularly within our conference, that have been good for a really long time. Um, and we've closed that gap significantly. I think the, the next phase for us, our, our ambition, I think, is to be winning titles. Um, that doesn't happen by snapping your fingers overnight. It happens by working really hard over a long period of time. I think our team understands that. They're willing to, to put the work in to get themselves there. Um, and they're just as ambitious as we are. Okay, so I think we all left last season um, may, maybe, maybe not where we wanted to. We were knocked out in the quarterfinals on penalties. We, we dropped our last two league games to, to UNCG and Sanford. And uh, obviously, we, we hope to have ended better than what we did. So I, I think that's really going to drive the group forward here because we want to win at the highest level. Um, but yes, we, we certainly have taken it forward in the right direction. We, we still have a little ways to go, though. Has there been a particular game over these last two years where you walk win or lose and you've walked away from it and thought, OK, we've, you know, we, we've got something here now? Yeah, I think there was, there was probably multiple performances last year when, um, when, when we thought our team had what it took. You know, we, we had nine clean sheets on the year, which was a program record. Um, we had our highest RPI at one point in time in the season as well. And that came after we tied the University of Alabama. We beat Lipscomb, um, who, who won their league again and went to the national tournament for the second year in a row. Um, so there were some really good performances along the, along the way this past year. Um, things we can definitely build on in the future. Share with us, if you can, a little bit about your scheduling philosophy. You mentioned playing Alabama. I think you guys played Vanderbilt. You play a lot of in-state programs uh, from across Tennessee. So uh, a little bit about where you see that schedule and, and kind of what you're looking for when you go to put it together every year. Yeah, well, we first and foremost want to schedule games within our region, right? Um, and there are a lot of top teams to play. Um, I know that the schedule hasn't been released yet, so I, so I hope Anne doesn't mind me saying, say, but 
we, we do play the University of Tennessee at the University of Tennessee next year um, in 2020, right? So we, we never shy away from those big games against top opponents. I think that's what makes you better. Um, it allows you to prepare for conference because, like I said, within our league, we've got some teams in our league that have been top programs for a long time. And the only way you can prepare yourself for that is to, to play top competition outside of your, your conference, you know? You don't lose a whole lot off of your, your 2019 uh, team. You, it was a very small group of seniors that you had. Does that give you a little bit more maybe anticipation towards getting the 2020 season started? Yeah, we, we really like our team, you know. So we, we had a good spring up until it was kind of closed short on us there. We, we had one spring match versus Kennesaw State, and um, they were in their conference finals. I, I think they finished around 70 in the RPI, and we beat them 2-0. But the, you know, the, the players that we did lose were such a big part of our program and um, they helped get us going on the right track. You know, the likes of Baby Gale and Jordan Mueller and, and Animal and Molly Miller, who stayed involved, came back for an extra year. Those kids were phenomenal for our program. So although we don't lose much, we'll, we'll certainly miss them and miss their personalities. Within How the much did you lose by not being able to have a full spring? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that hurts everybody, but um, it was the same across the board, right? So I think it just puts us in a situation now when, when we do get our athletes back, this will be the longest period of time that they've been expected to work on their own, you know? So I think it's so vital um, that they're motivated to continue to get better and develop. And obviously the physical side and the football side, that's all voluntary for them, right? Um, we, we are able to set up things like match analysis. We send them a match of the week every week right now um, that they have to analyze in some way, shape, or form just to keep their brain sharp and continue to learn about the game. And then we also do things more on the mental side, asking them how they're going to continue to develop during this time. And we've given them the task this week of coming up with the traits of the perfect footballer. Um, and we'll talk about that on Friday in our team meeting see what characteristics they think that individual would possess. So um, although we don't have them on the pitch in, in on campus um, like we would have in a normal spring, I think we've adapted and hopefully we've been able to give ourselves some kind of competitive advantage when we do get back. To you guys start uh, exhibition play historically in the month of August. With that being said, you, you mentioned about your guys, your, your squad kind of being uh, the, the longest they've been away. Um, how soon do you need them back on campus in order for things to be able to, to get kicked off uh, on uh, the uh, on time? Well, I, I, one, I think it comes down to what they're doing at home right now by themselves, right? Because um, if they're keeping up with their fitness and they're staying sharp on the ball, that makes our job a whole lot easier when we do get it. Now, if they haven't done much and you've got limited time to train, obviously you're going to see injuries spike, you know. So you do need a good amount of time to get your team fit and ready to play. Um, again, I think the thing is that, that most universities will, will be in the same boat in regards to when we can get our kids back and train them. Um, and, and, you know, all of that said, 
I, I'll go back to us having a motivated group. So I really trust them to, to be working when they're away from us and getting themselves as ready as possible. You got five players uh, coming in. Tell us about your newcomers. Yeah, you know, for, first we think they're they're really good people. That, that's why we've added them. Um, we, we not only want to add good footballers, we, we also try and add good people and good students. So um, they, they, they hit kind of our, um, our list of three there. They, they check them all off. And um, yeah, I think they'll each add something different. You know, we, we've added two goalkeepers to the group at the point in time that we had committed um, Mackenzie and Sydney. Um, Abby Sadler wasn't signed, so we actually needed two keepers going into 2020. Now we've, we've got four keepers on our roster, so it'll be an ultra-competitive position. Um, and then we've added Emily Sanchez, who's a, who's a dangerous striker, and we've liked Emily for a long time. And, um, and then Kiana plays just down the road in Knoxville for FC Alliance, which is a top club, and she'll be a good player for us. And then Amy is, is local, um, and she's, she's got some really good traits as a player, and I think all five of them will, will do a good job for us um, going forward into the future. Coach, appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Emily Szymanski is a rising senior for the Chattanooga Mox and the third leading scorer on the team. Here's our conversation with the Spring Hill, Tennessee native, Emily Szymanski. Uh, Emily, how did you end up at UTC? What led you to Chattanooga? Well, I've actually been to Chattanooga multiple times. So as soon as I met Gavin, I just loved the team. I loved the way like his coaching style is. And I also love just Chattanooga in general, like the scenery, the mountains, and it's really close to home. It's only two hours away, so it's perfect. You're heading into your senior season now, and it feels like you guys are on the verge of, of really creating something at, at Chattanooga and having one of those special seasons. Do you guys kind of sense that as well on the team that maybe you've turned that corner now? Yeah, we definitely have. I know the team, like, I know quarantine isn't ideal, but this is the perfect time to work on, like, yourself individually. So I know all the girls are doing that right now. So when we come together, we're just going to be better as a team, and it's going to be really exciting. I want to. I want you to take us back to – uh, a point in last season in particular I want to hear your story of the match against Wofford where there was a one hour and seven minute weather delay uh, that came at the 92 minute both of both teams had to and the officials everybody had to cram inside the field house did you make some new friends from Wofford that day no <laughs> they put Wofford in a whole different hallway so we couldn't even talk to them but yeah, we I think our team was pretty comfortable. We had a lead, like a pretty good lead, so we were just trying to finish up the game. What's been the difference that you have seen now again going into your senior year? You've seen a team that struggled when you were a freshman as as a sophomore, you guys were able to get to a 500 record and then have a a winning season this past year. What have you seen? What's the difference now? From when you first came? I think just like the team mentality as a whole like our team is very tight and we're all on the same page. I think when I came in freshman year it wasn't necessarily like that but as the team grew like the girls are just getting really close and we're working together better on and off the field. There's a lot of players coming back uh, for uh, for the 2020 season. Does that 
Does that get you maybe a little bit more excited about what could be this year? Yeah, exactly. Because we did lose like very important players, but I know the majority of the team is coming back. So I feel like we'll be in pretty good shape, plus the upcoming freshmen, which are obviously going to impact the game. So A lot of you guys are Tennessee natives. I think the roster, for the most part, is largely comprised of kids from the state of Tennessee. Did you – how many of these girls did you know on the team before you got to Chattanooga? I actually knew a lot of them. I knew the majority of them because when I came freshman year, mostly everyone played for um, TSC, which is my travel team. So he kind of recruits like from the same couple of teams. So we all knew each other. We all played against each other. So yeah, I knew a lot of the girls. So what have you been doing during quarantine? Um, hanging in there. I've been doing like housework. I'm trying to be as productive as possible. Just working out, running errands, stuff like that. How much time are you able to focus on soccer? A lot. I mean, I probably focus on soccer like two to three hours a day. Just like going out there with the ball, running, lifting, stuff like that. So with all the athletes that we've visited with during quarantine, we've asked everybody for Netflix suggestions. <laughs> uh, you, you can't go with Tiger King because that's been, that's been suggested already, but uh, have you got any suggestions for us? I'm watching All American right now and I absolutely love it. And I'm watching um, Dead to Me, it just came out. So both of those are really good. Yep, the new season of Dead to Me. Emily, thanks for the time. Hopefully we can catch up and uh, maybe we can do this again as we get closer to the start of uh, soccer season. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks to Emily and Coach McKinney for giving us some time this week. Thanks to you for joining us as well. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth. Until next time, so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.